Realms of peril and glory will begin after these short messages. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. We'd like to thank our patrons, Jane Dell, Strix, and Michael Richards, for their support in making this series possible. If you'd like to join them and get ad-free listening, bonus shows, and a lot more, then head over to patreon.com slash lightandtragic. Welcome to Realms of Peril and Glory. I'm Maddie Searle and I will be your Game Master slash Strife player today. Today we'll be playing Agon, which is a fast-paced TTRPG set in ancient Greece, which is designed by John Harper and Sean Nittner. And today I'll be playing with three fabulous players who are going to introduce themselves and their characters. And I'll start off with Headley Knights. Hello, my name is Headley Knights of the podcast We Fix Space Junk. And today I'm going to be playing for you. I'm returning to the role of Himbocules. I almost forgot his name. And James Barbarossa. Hello, I'm James Barbarossa of this show, and I will be playing Kante, clear voice to the bard. Fantastic. And Ella Watts. Hello, I'm Ella Watts of the Orphans podcast and also Upriver Downriver, upcoming indie RPG. Uh, I will be playing Many Wade Calliope, uh, who is essentially a rogue. I feel like it is helpful for us to kind of translate this to other kind of more traditional <laughs> classes so that we know what's going on. But uh, she's a worshipper of Hermes. Fabulous. All right. So last time we left off, after surviving a terrible war, our heroes are trying to find their way home to Crete, sailing through the mists of the Aegean Sea. And on their journey, they encountered an island called Krios, which was in a state of panic because the pillar of storms, which had protected the island's riches from bandits, had been stolen by the pirate queen Thessakyra. Uh, Melitia, the mining chief, the obligatory uh, muscular woman, wanted to provide practical defenses, whereas Ionestes, the priest of Hera, um, wanted uh, the heroes to return the pillar to its rightful home. The heroes managed to defeat the pirate queen and recover the pillar, only to discover that it was Ionestes all along who had allowed it to be stolen in the first place. And on returning to the town, you found it under siege by harpies. And although Melitia and many of the townsfolk died in the battle, you did manage to convince the harpies to end their attack 
and they asked you to destroy the pillar as it was an affront to the power of Zeus. And the remaining townsfolk literally threw Ionesses in the sea, making way for a brighter future for the island. So now you're back on your ship, sailing on your way, using the new stars provided by Zeus in the sky to help guide you on your way. And the mists are stretching out endlessly in front of you. Uh, as you are um, on your ship, it is currently nighttime. What are each of you doing? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Kante is honoring um, Dionysus by getting very drunk. Good. Good. Yes. I was gonna say that's a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering which which angle of Dionysus yeah. you're gonna go for there. Really. <laughs> um. I mean, I think I kind of like the idea that Calliope is playing like checkers with Aristides, her falcon. I like the idea that he's a really clever falcon. Like she's trained him quite well to kind of, you know, generally discombobulate um, poor Himbunculis. But I like the idea that like maybe like she, she, I mean, she definitely can't sleep right now. So she's just staying up playing kind of like a simple kind of checkers game with her falcon um, who is beating her at the moment. Ooh, very smart. Um, and Himbocules, what is he doing? I think Himbocules may be um, just admiring himself in a in a plate silver mirror, <laughs> just checking on his cumbersomely large muscles. <laughs> um, just too and, big. Yeah, just checking everything's in order. Maybe getting ready for an, for an early night. Wonderful. Cumbersomely large <laughs> muscles. In, <laughs> impractically huge. <laughs> Biceps. <laughs> Actually hindering more than helping. <laughs> I was going to say, you can be both Himbocules and Himboocles because it's the Greek tradition versus the Roman tradition. Yeah, People both, remember are, both are valid. This is all just the telling of their story. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both are valid. It's not mm -hmm. your fault that the scribe keeps getting it wrong, like, honestly. I mean, who's what your bard that? who's supposed to be writing this down? <laughs> yeah, what kind of hack would not remember your name? Jeez. <laughs> Is it getting hot on this boat? <laughs> or am I just drunk? <laughs> I thought you were going to say... Is it getting hot on this boat, or is it just me? Or is it just me here? <laughs> Am I just hot on this boat? All right, so as you're going about your business, um, all at once there is a loud splash from the starboard side of the boat, and the sailors recoil in horror. Oh, not again. It's another seahorse. Yeah, a huge fin emerges from the water, and there is a loud slam as something crashes into the side of the boat. Um, so would oh, you like to go and inspect what this thing is? Um, in Himbocules, um, my lord, um, I think now would be a prime time to really double down and, and bank on some of that, um, some of that, uh, morale that you've been building up, uh, in the crew, uh, since our visit to Krios and storm over there and just take care of whatever this nonsense is. Well, I was, I was actually, um, <clears throat> I was actually hoping for a bit of an early night, you know, just put put my feet up, have a rest, you know, it's been a long, long day's sailing, I've been watching all of you and it's, it's frankly tiring. Yes, well we've all, um, got a, we've all got our own nights planned, but, um, unfortunately it does rather seem there's some kind of sea monster, um, doing sea a, monster. doing a violence to us. Again, that, 
I don't know why there's so many sea monsters in the sea. Well, the last Someone, one was a horse. It wasn't as much. Well, as I a guess monster. that's kind of a land. Yeah. Well, this I've, one I've might heard, be a friend. Some people call them the the, the dogs of the sky. No, I can't remember <laughs> what they're called. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, just I suggest go and check it out, and I'll be right behind you. Okay, w- w- what's all this? What's all this going on here? The sailors are like they're they're pretty wimpy sailors. Like every single bad thing you've encountered, they've not been happy at all. They're used to just rowing. They're not used to um, problems of any kind. There's there's something slamming into the into the boat. Uh, I I don't know what it is. And um, you can see that um, just peeking its head out of the water is a giant fish-like Ooh. creature with hairy nostrils. And um, suddenly a crayfish-like tail sort of slaps the water and sends it splashing and a few of the sailors recoil as uh, they get mildly splashed by this creature. And uh, it also has these webbed feet lining its flanks. So it's just got loads and loads and loads of webbed feet along its sides. Oh. And uh, so I think that Kante would probably recognize this as, yes. a, as a scolopendra, the, as the scolopendra, the largest of the sea monsters. Uh, it is probably... Does it have a, a human face? Um, no, it's still got a fishy face. It just has no, a very a hairy, a hairy, fishy face. Um, okay. But with so, nostrils um, right, that, are, that are hairy. Yeah, it doesn't um, seem to be going for any of the sailors. It just seems to be sort of nudging into the boat consistently. And you're not necessarily sure why it's doing can that. Can I ascertain what it wants? Um, yes. Could you please roll me a contest of craft and reason, I'm going to say. Great. Anyone else I who wants to? I only have six in this. Ooh. Anyone I, else who wants to join? Have a go. Yeah. Uh, can I talk to it and ask it what it wants? I know, I know, I'm not going to be getting a vocalization back, but in the same way you would talk to an, an animal, like yeah, sure. What um, are you after? What, what would you? What What do you need? Absolutely. I'm gonna roll the um, strike level. Um, so that is a five that you have to beat. Okay, and I'm taking the top one or two. You're taking the top two. Okay, six. I got a seven. Perfectly average. Ooh. All right. So Calliope um, is gonna just. I'm just sneaking up behind, like whilst Kante is kind of maneuvering Himbokulis, I'm just like in the background, just quietly in the shadows. Yeah, you know, just with the emo haircut and the fringe and stuff, just like just sort of looking over the side of the boat, trying to look at the monster and kind of staying away from the crowd. Um, Nice. Um. So. to start off with Kante, um, you first of all get uh, you get three glory for participating in this contest. Fantastic. Um, and uh, Calliope gets uh, five glory. So as you are um, both looking at this um, large, strange creature, um, because you both um, succeeded, um, you both get the sense that it's just being kind of playful it's just like what's this weird thing doing in my sea i want to investigate it it's just kind of bumping up against it to see what it is it's not necessarily malicious and um i think calliope because you are best you you get the sense that if you were to perhaps um lure it away with some kind of treat then it would just go on its merry way because it's uh this was what i wanted to do okay what was the thing that Kante was most excited about eating in the feast downstairs? <clears throat> oh, um, 
Well, I was, I was really rather looking for the, forward to the roast chicken. Um, Great. If, okay. if we could not <laughs> so, throw that to the um, to the beast. So uh, Aristides that... goes downstairs and comes back up with the roast chicken. No, um. no. <laughs> they need for this. This seems an overreaction. <laughs> and Calliope specifically grins at Kante, like makes eye contact. Could we not throw um, him Bocules? He's just a big chunk of meat. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> it was a compliment. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, God, he's <and> so easy. <laughs> uh, in more ways than one. Uh, mm. They uh, whistle at Aristides and Aristides like starts like kind of flies out in front of the monster to try and tempt it with the chicken which like I mean Aristides is a falcon which is a pretty big bird but I do think like the whole roast chicken is probably about as big as Aristides so it's a comical sight Um, hey hey, bird take this dead bird (laughs) yeah and I was just getting the munchies (laughs) so yes absolutely Um, Aristides does his job magnificently and manages to lure the the beast away and uh um, very delicately, it leaps into the air as as delicately as it can. As it's probably like the size of your boat plus another half, and just sort of nips the the um, chicken out of Aristides' claws and falls back down in the water. Poor Aristides gets absolutely soaked by the splashback of this um, massive creature, but um, still manages to kind of limply flap his way back to the I'm boat. going to roll a d20 to see if the ino- intoxicated Kante jumps in after the chicken. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Kante jumps in after the chicken. <laughs> Wait, actually, because if so, Calliope is going to try and catch them. Like, and stop them. What, what was the DC on that? <laughs> uh, I don't know what the DC was, but I rolled a four. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I I wanna. I wanna read like Kante goes. I'm gonna. Calliope is gonna catch them by the back of their like <sighs> tunic, and kind of like a, a kitten. And Aristides is kind of kind of land on their shoulders. It's fine. If it's friendly. N- no, no, no. <sighs> Monster infested ocean. Monster infested ocean, and you are the only person on this ship, and I am only going to say this once, that I can actually tolerate. So, no. No oh. jumping off the boat. Calliope, I didn't know you cared. I don't. Right. I'm just going to kind of drop you and like <laughs> shove Evidently, you Evidently, you threw the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... um the night is very slowly coming to a close and you can um, see the the horizon starting to turn grey as uh, the sun uh, is about to come up, you believe. And on the horizon, you can also see the mist parting and an island beginning to appear in the distance. And it's covered in a thick forest of trees, but on the top of a hill right in the centre is a single house. It looks, you can't quite tell the, the size of it, but it looks to be quite grand. And uh, there are strange flickering blue lights all kind of, you can't tell if, quite tell if it's inside the house, outside the house. There's something weird going on there. And um, Calliope, as you won the leadership contest, it is your responsibility to interpret the signs of the gods. Oh no, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> your mistake was being good at your job. Um, <laughs> Uh, so as you gaze at the island, the lamps on the boat beside you flicker and die, leaving you in relative darkness. The sailors cry out, as <gasps> I previously mentioned, they're not 
used to any kind of hardship whatsoever. Um, but a few moments later, um, the uh, the lamps just suddenly flicker back into life, um, and the sailors kind of go, "Oh, okay, everything's fine." Um, but far off in the distance, um, on top of this house, um, you could swear that you see for a moment a bright golden beacon and. Um, it's also hard to tell because it's very far off, but you could swear that a pair of wings is emerging from this beacon made of light. And then when you turn back to see if anyone else is looking at it, and then you turn back again to see if it's still there, it's gone. And so, because last time you gave us three signs, but was the first sign the house with the blue light flickering and then the lamps and then the golden light? No, it's just two signs this time. Okay, cool. Um, and so, uh, one of the one of the sailors um, uh, comes up to Hippocles and and says, uh, "Captain, I I think this might be Akaros. The the I've I've heard that it's the the pleasure garden of the the nymph Orphne, who's the torchbearer of Hades. I'm I'm not sure if we should go to this island. It might be it might be quite spooky." Kante sits up bolt upright. <laughs> the what? The, the 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 pleasure garden of the, the nymph Orphne. And 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 she bears bears the torch of, of Hades. Hmm. Sire, I feel that given that we have thrown our um, our food to the sea, it would be um, entirely necessary for us to stop by this island and to restock with um, with chicken. Well, I think there was only one, one chicken thrown. I think there was a banquet, but um, but yeah, well, I, I don't. I that's don't see true, why. but I think it's better safe than sorry. You see, I am a serious and firm pragmatist, and will only <laughs> ever direct you to do something if I thought it was wise. Clive so just actively it, laughs in the background of this conversation. I'm just trying to be safe. Okay, well, what 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 say you, uh, Calipi? Well, Calliope does not like being put on the spot or in front of this many people, so kind of like shrinks a bit. Uh, well, I would say Golden Light and Wings, best guess that's Apollo. Uh, don't know how we feel about Apollo, but... Um, I'm, an Ap- I'm a follower of Apollo. I'm, I'm a big fan of Apollo. So... Apollo, and then the darkness, the the lamps flickering and dying and then coming back to life again. I... Perhaps Hades, the other thing it makes me think of is Hecate, magic, uh, but I I would assume Torchbearer of Hades. I think it's important to play both sides. Well, I don't think Hades has any stars in the sky to light for us, where Hecate may well do. Mm. The, The only one I'm sure of is or the one I'm most sure of is, I would say, Apollo, golden light, got wings made of light. That's Apollo is the Hermes thing. Doesn't Hermes like golden wings? Hermes, Hermes has winged sandals, but Apollo is the god of the sun who draws a winged chariot, golden chariot across the sky. Mm, those do sound like bigger wings. <laughs> yes. Well, Hermes doesn't feel the need to compensate. Um, I. D- I I, I don't know. I mean, an island associated with someone who bears the torch of death is not what I would call the best omen. 
I but, think uh, it's important that we don't make enemies of either side, um, and therefore a good, firm relationship with um, with everyone is um, is the most beneficial. Agreed. Well, perhaps we go to the house first and see if anything there will be more illuminating than these first signs. Well, they're a oh. torchbearer, so... I see what you did. <laughs> mm. See what you did there. I am. Um, I, I didn't mean to make a... Yeah, right. The blue yeah, glowy bits as well. That's quite illuminating. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? What that was was the same the joke. Anyone? Hemocles, <laughs> what you've just reiterated... You've just reiterated the same gag. Ah, but I did louder. <laughs> Very um, good, my lord. We can always... I could send Aristides ahead to see if we can scope it out a little. Well, that might be a good idea. Can I, I don't know if I can actually do that, uh, Strife player. Can I Can I set my falcon to just fly ahead? Um, the, the question I have is that how will Aristides tell, tell us yeah, that's, that's what my question. they find? He's, I was playing checkers with him last night. We've got a system. Like, we definitely at least have a system for him, like, picking, like, a red rag if there's danger or, like, if it seems, like, scary or, like, a white rag if there's not. Okay, if cool. he comes back... It's probably fine. Uh, also that, canary in the mineshaft, if, if the falcon dies, probably. <laughs> oh, does he know uh, about this origin? I think what's more important is that we ask Himbercules how he feels about sending his bird friend... Oh, right, yeah. ...to the island. Himbercules, this bird, Aristides is sitting on my shoulder, like, kind of gently kind of nibbling at my hair. Uh, this bird really likes you. It's your... It, its favorite person. I don't know where it came from. It just landed on my shoulder randomly. It's really strange. We've um, never met. Yeah, I know. Wild. I guess this bird likes you so much it likes people around you. Um, anyway. Oh, well that must mean it's a good omen. Let's set sail and park up on the beach. Let's go see these blue lights. This sounds like a good idea to me. I okay, I guess... A ship. <laughs> <laughs> we can moor her. Um, I guess all I want to say is... Uh, More hell, if, I hardly know <laughs> If we don't... The, the flickering blue lights, the darkness, maybe Hades, but also if it is Hecate, then that's magic and that's illusions and tricks. So let's go carefully and maybe not trust everything we see. Not even the bird of good luck? No, you can always trust the bird, Hemocules. Well, if the bird's shown up right now, that means this island is a good place to go to. I've heard it said the birds are the dogs of the sky. I've heard it said that as well. I have oh. literally never heard it said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, don't, don't you know that phrase, Kante? It's really common. No, because it's nonsense. It's, it's absolute nonsense. Well, we've all heard of it, haven't we, lads? I turn to the crew. Haven't we, lads? They they nod uh, fearfully um, uh, because they if you, they ref they if they disagreed with you, they feared that they might get some reprisal. They fear correctly. <laughs> You, you pay them to agree with you, so. <laughs> All right, so now your ship is approaching the shore of the island and you begin to realize that the sun should have risen by now. Back back when we uh, encountered the, the the fish monster, the, it was just before dawn and it's still just before dawn. Oh, my. Uh, Interesting. So you can now see that the sun has stopped in its path um, just below the horizon, there's just a very faint bit of grey light emerging from the, the horizon, and uh, the island is bathed in eternal twilight. It looks like it's just constantly nighttime here. And 
So as you set foot on the um, on the island, um, bringing your sailors with you, um, you start your trek through the forest up to the top of the hill, and um, you can you could swear that you could see sort of faint movements in the distance, but whenever you turn and look, it's it's nothing. Um, you couldn't see anything. Um, but finally, you managed to make your way to the top of the hill, and uh, you can see throngs of sad, desolate shades wandering around the house. Um, they are sort of pale shades of once-living people. You can tell very easily these are these 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 people are meant to be in the underworld. They should not be here at all. Um, now I've been drinking, um, but. I'm not sure those are the types of spirits I was looking for. <laughs> Kante, are you going to be like this all day? Uh, yes. Are those ghosts? <laughs> yes. Have you even slept yet, <laughs> Kante? No. Slept? No. They said that they I couldn't sleep, sleep the... unless they had a full stomach. And I sleep apparently. during the day. Ah, that would explain uh, why I don't see you on deck so much. But, um, mm. okay. Uh, and the sailors around you are, as I previously mentioned, very scared. And they do not want to uh, be near these spirits. They are absolutely terrified. And you can hear um, a couple of them muttering amongst each other. We should, we should leave. They, these, these idiots, they're just gonna, they're gonna do their heroic stuff and try and save the island or whatever. We should just take the boat and leave. Spirits! <laughs> What brings your restless souls here above the underworld to the realm of the mortals? Um, I would like you to please roll me a resolve and spirit versus the dead. Oh. Um, and anyone else may join if they would. Eleven. I was going to say I can give you a dice if you need, but I don't know what the strife is. Uh, 11? Uh, does 11 do anything for um, you? I need to roll the strength level. Could I sell you on an 11? <laughs> Very possibly. Um, so. I've been trying to write a song about Creos. I just can't seem to find anything that rhymes with Creos. I've settled on Creos oh my oh mios, but that's really just some sort of poetic uh, license on my part. Um, so that is the strife Dios level. Mios? <laughs> Dios mio? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying? That's all right. Um, I'm, I'm talking to the ghost. <laughs> Unfortunately, the strife level was 13, so... Um, oh no! And because the, the dead are perilous, you have to um, suffer a, a mark of pathos oh my. Uh, no, no, against no, no. The, the dead. Um, so this is a fun opportunity to talk about a mechanic that we didn't have last session because, uh, well, specifically I didn't use it last session, but I don't think any of us did because I didn't read the rules correctly. Hey James, fun fact, yes. in Aegon there's a mechanic yeah. where you can spend a bond that you have on another character for them to block harm or fate for you and neither of you get hurt if you spend that bond. So if oh, yeah. you wanted to, I'm pretty sure that we've got a lot of bond with each other. Um, yes, I believe we have three. Yes, yeah, so it says, I think the mechanic is if you spend the bond, then I'll describe how I stop the harm, but neither of us takes harm then. Uh, okay, uh, I'll spend the bond. Okay, I mean, I guess, like, actually, how do you, I, I kind of don't want to tell you what happens with your cat. How do you want Calliope to save your ass? 
Um, I don't know. I presume you um, put a hand over my mouth. Yeah, I think I probably, I think you probably start talking to them and get a bit too close to them. And I'm imagining that it's that kind of thing where like you touch them and they start kind of like draining the life from you or something. Like it feels freezing cold. And I think like Calliope has been getting her hackles up about this whole thing and they look at all of the sailors who are very frightened and then see Kante just like fucking walking into the middle of the crowd of ghosts like a fucking mosh pit and then like he pretty much like just grabs you by your waist and just like picks you up and just like moves you backwards don't touch the dead Calliope such firm hands he immediately lets go of you (laughs) don't touch the dead don't touch the dead please don't touch the dead I wasn't going to touch them. I was just going to... Okay, I was going to touch them. You got yes. me. Yes, thank you. Okay, great. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> and I'm going to look at Boris, who I assume is somewhere on your person. Um... <laughs> yeah, Boris, is, Boris is, doesn't, is obviously very sober and is pretty, is pretty like... Pretty like really nonplussed about about this behavior. Kante's, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look Kante's at Boris shoulder. and I'm going to be like, Boris, keep an eye on them, please. And we look back at the rest of the sailors. Uh, okay, so um, no one touched the spirits. Um, you, 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 your lordship, Himbocules, I am not sure whether strength in numbers will be to our advantage in this particular situation. It feels like perhaps there are more chances for things to go wrong. Perhaps we, we take only ourselves a small contingent and, and leave the rest of the crew on the ship where they can safely help us escape if need be. That sounds wise. Yeah, let, let's let's go with that. Why would having fewer men make us Well, what I'm safer? thinking is that if we keep our troops on the ship where they can't be insta-killed by ghosts, then we will still have troops. Whereas if we get them all killed ah. by ghosts right now, then we're screwed. But if we get killed by ghosts right now... We're also screwed, but, that you know, it's matter. like it's like surface area, you know? Like, I was reading... Okay, so there was this philosopher who was talking about, like, kind of, like, how, like shapes with many sides like three-dimensional shapes actually have like more surface area the more people we have the more surface area can come into contact with the ghosts whereas if there's only a few people there's less surface area in dionysus name are you talking about this is gobbledygook (laughs) this nonsense surface area where have you been hearing such things you need to listen to less ph- philosophers, I, th- it's I think. Witchcraft, but, but, but there is something to be said for stealth. It's nothing. There's less of Hecate and more of Hephaestus about this. Yes, I suppose um, they're human beings, and them dying, even if we die, is bad. You're right. Yes. Also, that is bad, Kente. Yes. <sighs> yes. I'm Meanwhile, right. as you're talking, um, the the couple of sailors who were keen to like take the ship and leave you all there are sort of talking to the rest of the sailors and trying to reach a consensus and they're starting to kind of shift um down the hill (laughs) hold on now this is now this i don't think is a very good idea um bocules i think there might well be a minor mutiny taking place oh what well i'm just reporting to you what i'm hearing darling oh this will not stand this one okay you guys do the island on your own I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> no, wait, no, we uh, need you. You're very strong and also seem mildly immune to mortal weapons. So it's true. Uh, let's just take them with us. I, I'm going to I'm going to attempt to use arts and narration to do, to convince them all to remain here and not to abandon us on or to 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 go onto the ship. 
and stay down there and and just live their lives but not to leave us behind. Fabulous. If you want to take one of my name dice for Calliope looking appropriately threatening and sour behind you to kind of support your <laughs> persuasion. Uh, how does that work again? Carrot and stick. Um, a, you take an additional d6 from me? Splendid. Can I do that as well, actually? I feel like it would be appropriate. Yeah, you can be the, the, the threatening bodyguards. At the... Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Um... I'll roll the strife level. So that is a strife level of 12. I didn't get a 12. Oh, jeez. Um, could I invoke Zeus and his authority to assist me? Absolutely. And um, with That's an extra D6, is it? It's a D4. And with divine favor, you can use as many as you want. You can, you can spam them if you want but is also using a finite resource, so it is entirely up to you. And then you add the, the total of the D4 on top of okay, the okay. existing total. Um, I'm going to use... Okay. I've I've reached a 12. Yes. Um, is that good? Yes. Is that fine? Yes. You just have okay, to great. the strife level. I've reached a 12. Fabulous. I've got a 5, a 3, and a 4 from Zeus. Wonderful. Um... I am the lightning conductor, after all, and I will stand yeah. on a rock and have some lightning flash behind me in a dramatic fashion. Wonderful. So you also um, get 12 glory. No. Oh, Heck damn. yeah. Um, but I barely best, um, but you are best, technically. <laughs> um, so uh, what do you say to convince the sailors to stay safe on the ship? Sailors, do not listen to these cowards. They are frightened of, of me ghostly apparitions now you could run away off onto the horizon and be I don't like the way this is going can't I? cowardly <laughs> about this but I would think that I'm I'm just very glad that you brave sailors would never would never give in to your to your base fears uh, for what could possibly go wrong have we not bested such threats together we have seen a war we have been bathed in the dead does Stop this seem tempting fate we have been bathed in the dead does this really seem like something worth running away from wait down by the docks we shall check this out uh, with but a few other sailors and all shall be fine and we're taking the steering wheel with us and we're also taking if- the steer we're taking the steering wheel with us <laughs> did you bring it <laughs> yeah, just take off the tiller. It, it, where are they going to get without that? Oh, okay. Also, it to my back. without this one, you are not going to survive a journey across a sea monster riddled ocean full of angry gods. You are going to need someone, god born or of god heritage, to survive this journey. Mere mortals will not survive it alone. So, if you want to stay alive, you're probably going to need at least the big strong one with you. These ghosts, it's just a fancy lava lamp. Also, can you imagine what your journey would be like if you didn't have Kante's music? Why well, would hold on? <laughs> I wouldn't have invoked. I wouldn't have invoked that one. But, but if that if that looks like it's working, I'll continue. <laughs> the, the, the sailors start to mutter amongst themselves and kind of seem to reach a consensus that. And um, one of the two who were were agitating the mutiny steps forward and says, "All right, all right, we'll we'll go back to the ship. We'll we'll." We'll stay safe there. We'll keep it safe for you, but 
at the first sign of trouble, we, we will we will leave. Third, third sign of trouble. Third sign of trouble. If you see trouble, third you sign us. of trouble. <laughs> we have the wheel. <laughs> and they start to Good. they start to shuffle off down the um, the side of the hill, um, through the trees, um, clumping close together so that they don't spread out into the the dark woods all alone. You're worse Reducing is... the surface area. Yeah, yeah, decreasing You're the cowards. surface area. Exactly. <laughs> Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. So, now, uh, all that lays between you and the house, which is flickering with strange blue light, is a swathe of the dead. What would you like to do about that? Well, I've already given it my best shot, Himbo. <laughs> fancy. Um... Is there is there any way re- any way around? There. Uh, can just... I do a craft and reason? Oh, sorry. Oh no, no go, um, it, In terms of a way around, um, it's pretty much. They're pretty much surrounding the house, so there's no way of really um, getting around them. It's either it's either a case of persuading them that you mean no harm or just barreling straight through to get to the house no 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 i will not take one of two options i have many ways <laughs> can, I, can i can i roll to see if i can come up with a many wade crafty way to get in or like get past them absolutely you may and if i succeed i'll figure out what that would be um. <laughs> <Grappling>. <laughs> Fair. let the dice Grappling. decide if i need to grappling her. That is a strife level of 13. Oh, Jesus. Anyone want to help? Yes, of course. Um, uh, Can I take um, you on name die? Yes, you may. Is it a d6? Yes. Thank you. What does taking my name die do? I, I lose a bond, yeah? It's, um, no, um, support is always free. Um, then, yeah. yes, I will, um, I'll put, I'll put my arm around Calliope's shoulder and be like, so what are we going to do? Let's put our heads together. Calliope just like goes like bright red from like down on her chest all the way up to her ears and just kind of like shrugs you off a little uncomfortably. Um, I actually rolled a 14. Ooh, excellent. Damn. So yeah. um, you get 13 glory for that. Uh, heck yeah, sorry. Um. <laughs> I, think, I think we can oh, swear. Oh, we can come. swear. We can definitely swear. <laughs> oh, cool. Are we 10 minutes into the episode yet? <laughs> we're 37 minutes um, in. It's all good. That's the watershed moment. Yeah. We're 37 minutes in. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so- in that case. <laughs> okay, so the- 
Oh my god. Just, that for no reason. <laughs> this again. Like, this again. It wasn't even like a sentence. You were just like, no, no. Just drop it. You in did there. this last time. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I, I've got an idea. This is kind of crazy, but I like it. So, um, oh wait, no. Oh, oh. Oh, man. Oh, guys. Oh. I still like the grappling hook idea. Well, no, because actually, so this is the idea. So we said that there's a forest surrounding the house, right? Yes. So what I like to say is there's a tree that's quite tall that's kind of near the house and has like branches coming out over it. And so I kind of want to suggest that we climb climb up the tree and then, yeah, and then swing down onto the roof of the house and climb in like kind of through like the roof of the house through the chimney. That is super cool. Oh, that's like kind of crazy. Like, I was, like, the only other thing I can think of is like distracting the ghosts by maybe setting some of the forest on fire and then telling them that like the, the light that we saw before is back and see if that distracts them. But I do like the idea of just swinging in from the tree. You solved the uh, sea monster problem. So I, I suppose we'll try your idea. All right. Are you going to be able to climb this tree? Why would that be a problem? What? Because well, I know that you recently did your nails and... Uh, oh shit mm. I did just do my nails these are what if I hacked it's down hard the, to get this color if I hacked down the tree with my sword it'd be easier to climb because it'll be laying no down. no no Himoki, no no what? no no I can do it I can definitely do it. <laughs> no, how I- about I'll climb on Himbocules and Himbocules climbs the tree sounds good um, so Calliope will kind of scale it first um, in a super cool Assassin's Creed, like, oh, yeah. super can-do-it way uh, without, like, any rope or anything, just climbs up the tree, kind of, and then, like, tiptoes along kind of one of the branches over the top of the ghosts um, and kind of lashes a rope to the branch and then, like, it kind of uses it to swing down onto the roof and lands, looks back up at Himbocules, who I assume is climbing the tree with ease with his enormous muscles. Yeah, his cumbersome <laughs> muscles. <laughs> Jabbing daggers in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and Kante is, of course, jetpacking. Yes. Totally yodeling <laughs> on the back of Hercules. Uh, yep. Fantastic. This Trying to arrange himself in such a way he can still play some music. The reverse <laughs> little spoon. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, now you are. Um, you have all safely made your way across the rope that Calliope is so deftly uh, put across the, the gap in, onto the roof. And you can now see that the the flickering blue light is in fact a sort of fire that is licking up the sides of the house and totally covering the entrance. So as you peer across the edge, the entirety of the entrance of the house is is like a veil of fire that is blocking the way. Uh, uh, voodoo hoodoo. Um, but as Calliope did so well on the Craft and Reason roll, and even included a mention of getting into the house through the roof, I'm going to say there is a skylight that you can break and go into the house um, because, uh, and you've completely circumvented another challenge of getting past the fire. (laughs) So well done. Very good. Um, Craft and reason, many ways, Goliath. Yeah. We <laughs> go have in to go in through the door. The yeah. This is like, it's, it's so, like I knew that this would be Calliope's island, and then you were the leader as well. And I was just like, this is we'll this make, is perfect. How did this? We'll happen? make our own door. <laughs> Calliope does not use doors on principle. Yeah. She just comes True. in through the window. Where we're going, we don't need doors. Doors are boring. <laughs> doors are mainstream. They're not emo enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> Doors and sleeves are bullshit. Well, I have to say, Calliope, this was a very good idea of yours. She kind of gives you a bit of a grin, um, looking down at the skylight and goes, this reminds me of Heraklios. We robbed so many houses like this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to wrap some cloth, I guess, around my hand and kind of break the window um, so we can get in through it. Amazing. <clears throat> awesome. So uh, the, um, the ceiling is quite tall, but I think... Um, if Himbocules goes down first, not like he's indestructible, he can go down and then Hurrah! and then help, and then <laughs> just jump, and then then act as a kind of uh, trampoline for other people to fall onto as a, a way of breaking their fall. Um, and so you are now. I like the idea that he catches Kante, yeah. like Kante jumps in, and Himbocules kind of catches Kante like bridal style. Yeah. Oh, that was exactly what I was I was picturing. Yeah. Perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, so now you are in this rather grand manor house um, and uh, it is very impressive and uh, on the walls are these sort of darkly beautiful murals depicting various parts of the underworld like you recognise the river Styx, you recognise Asphodel, Elysium, Tartarus. Um, obviously Elysium it looks a lot, a lot nicer than Tartarus but the, the style of the painting makes everything look a bit sort of slightly twisted and wrong. Um, and uh, the second thing that you noticed is that the corridors up ahead of you are constantly shifting and changing and uh, the doors appear and disappear um, sort of like a strange surreal um, a strange surreal image in front of you you can't tell what if it's if the corridors are actually changing if it's an illusion you don't know what's going on and also now that you're a lot closer to the the flames you can hear it sort of it's like there are thousands and thousands of voices whispering um and they all sound different and unique if you can pick them out but then if you kind of focus on the whole it just sounds like fire Kante assumes he's just drunk and therefore does not tell anybody else that uh, like, that he is upset by this. Calliope looks at Kante and goes, is this what it's like when you have your mushroom tea? <laughs> is what what it's like when I have my mushroom tea? I don't, I, I'm not hearing or seeing anything. This is all, um, you're hearing and seeing something? You're normally a much better liar than this. Yeah, yes, there's a lot of shifting corridors and also voices, but they sound like fire. Right, see, I thought I was just lost. No, no. Kimbocules, can you also see and hear strange things? Um, oh, actually, I hadn't noticed, but now you mention it. Yeah, it does seem a little weird. I was just looking at this lovely painting. It's probably just... the roaring flames of the dead. Um, <laughs> yeah... I don't see anything. I think maybe we shouldn't have come to this island. Do you, do you, what are we you doing? Calliope just like rounds on you fully. Why are we doing furious. this? Sorry, I just, just want to know why we're doing this. Do you, do you think that we shouldn't... Do you think that... <clears throat> Kante, do you yeah. think that we shouldn't have come to this island? Is that what you think? Is that your... I'm starting to come to that conclusion. Yes, mm -hmm. I mean, we mm -hmm. came to this house to, mm -hmm. I don't know what, communicate with them, but we're breaking in. So yeah, I'm okay, not really okay. sure cool, what cool, our cool, goal cool, is cool, cool, cool. So you remember, like, ten years ago, 
when no. we, do, do, do you know when we when when we were in Athens during with the war and 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 you oh, had that idea Athens. about that one great mark that we should yeah. definitely definitely target. I was pretty sure I said we shouldn't do that. No, I think I think I think you insisted. I think you insisted. I was fairly Mark, sure that I said we didn't. We shouldn't uh-huh. do that because mm-hmm. I definitely remember okay. while we were doing it, realizing it was a bad idea and saying that we shouldn't do it. Yeah, I remember you realizing halfway through. I remember yes. that. I remember yes. that. Right. <sighs> okay. Then we're on the same page. What are we doing? <laughs> As you're having this discussion, um, another sound starts to creep through the the shifting corridors, and you can make out the very faint but distinctive sound of a woman crying. Shit. Um, I'm gonna. Is there something like on the counters that I can like throw at the kind of shifting corridors to see like you know if it if it lands somewhere or if it disappears or like if something happens to it? Uh, I imagine like a bread knife or like a, a rock or whatever. There's something. Um, absolutely. Um, the two basic elements. Knives <laughs> <laughs> and rock. Uh, could you please make me another craft and reason roll? Oh gosh. Okay. Um, anyone else can assist or. I would like to. I would like to assist. <laughs> Can we say that way you're assisting is you like pick up at like a table or something? Like? Yeah, and, and then just and throw it in the exact same direction. Also, um, I will say that this contest is mythic, and you need to spend a fine favor in order to enter it. Oh, See, Can- Kante is just playing music to himself to try and like drown out the um, the screams of the damned and the mm-hmm. weeping of this um, woman. Poor Kante. Okay, I will spend divine favor. Uh, oh yeah, what is the strife that I'm trying to beat? So it's another thirteen again. I keep rolling eights on the oh, DA. Jesus. It's the same as last time. Okay, I uh, yeah, I I got a ten. Um, ooh. Is it worth? I'm not sure it's worth like spending divine favor because then it'll just be. I would have to get a three or a four. Well, I guess it's like fifty-fifty, isn't it? I'll spend divine favor. And I got a four. Ooh, fabulous! As a fourteen. Excellent. Yeah. So you get thirteen divine favor again. Whose god are you spending? Um, so I used uh, Hermes Daring because he's my favorite honored god and the god of thieves. Fair. And also, I think that this is a daring thing to do to break into a weird death magic yeah. house. Pretty fair. Um, Pretty fair. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you get thirteen divine. Uh, you get thirteen glory for that. Thank you. Oh God, I've only got seven left, and now I have to do maths. Uh, that's six. Seven plus six is thirteen. So I've now got forty-six. Fabulous. Oh god, I'll mark that off in a second. What, what do what do we learn? So, um as you as you throw the object into the the shifting mass of corridors that is just constantly changing, um it's like the the illusion resists the the physical object and there's like a sort of salt, small sphere of nothing around it um, and you can tell that it is an, a, in fact an illusion and it's um, you just kind of have to walk forward and like use your use your hands and your sense of touch to work out where the corridors are because in fact the the walls aren't moving it just looks like they are okay and I wanted to say that 
I kind of like the idea that the way we kind of resolve that is that Calliope picks up something really small, like, I don't know, just like a random like piece of trash on the floor. Like, a, like I don't know, like maybe a, a bit of lint a small, or something. A small rock or a small bread <laughs> small, small rock. Um, picks up a small rock. And uh, um, and then you can't really tell because all of the shifting illusions are there. And I think, I mean, if, if you don't mind my suggesting for your character, I kind of like the idea that Himokuli sees... Calliope do that, sees them do that, and then like just fucking picks up like a chair and just like hurls <laughs> <laughs> it. <in. laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, and so then, having established that, I think I'm gonna tie. I thought we were being stealthy. I'm gonna be honest with you, Kansai. I think choosing to bring Himbocules with us meant that we could not be stealthy. Like uh. that, that boat has long since sailed. If you'll pardon the pun. Uh, Wait, the boat hasn't sailed, has it? No, 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 it's fine. The boat oh, sailed, that they leave without us. Kill those mutinous bastards. <laughs> okay, all right, stay on task. Calliope is going to tie some twine from his belt around, like, a, a table in this kind of manner like place and kind of, like, gesture to Kante and Himbocules to hold on to it. So I'm pretty sure that the illusion will stay constant when we go in. If you hold on to the twine, then we know that we can find each other. Why are we going through the illusion? Because it's a woman crying and I'll feel bad if we leave. What if the crying is an illusion? What if it's a horrible creature? I'm pretty sure that it's just the corridors that's the illusion. Can't I? Something... The illusion's here to keep us out, so why are we going through? Good question. Okay, can't I look at me? What is this for? Can't I? Can't... Can't we I? came here to ask for help and we're breaking in. I'm just going to grab There's illusions, we're going through them. I'm going to grab and your bed, shoulders and kind of shake you a bit. The going to leave it out us. Okay, fine. I'm going to put my finger on your lips. Okay, can't I? Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. We need the gods' favor to survive this journey. Oh. Something is clearly wrong with the gods and the natural systems of life and death here, with the sun not rising, with the dead being here. If we leave now, we will make the gods angrier. And walking into a generally bad situation is actually better than a god specifically trying to persecute us with all of their power because they're angry with us. So the reason we're going in is to try and appease the gods and hopefully get their favor on this journey, rather than actively make, possibly judging by the signs, the god of death hate us, which is probably a bad idea. Well, your gods might think this is a good idea. Dionysus is not, would not feel like this is a good Dionysus time and went therefore into unavoidable. The, Dionysus went into the underworld to save his mother and succeed. We're not saving anyone's mother. We're not saving my mother. Are we saving your mother? I'm sorry. Was it, are we saving your mother? Is it your mother no, crying in there? We might, crying. We might we saving be saving your mother. We're saving Dionysus's mother. If, if anything, it's a good sign that we have a worshipper with Dionysus with us. Dionysus is one of the few people who has gone into the underworld and left with what they came for. Your being uh, with us is good fortune, and your god will protect you. Fine, but you're going first. Yes, I was planning to. <laughs> and can Hippocles go last? I don't want to. I don't want to be in the back either. Yes. I'll go last. Hippocles, why don't you take up the rear? I beg your pardon. I said, why don't you take up the rear? It's strategic. Strategic, eh? Well, I That's am a strategist. Right. Mm-hmm. I was the big spoon last time. You could be the big spoon this time, darling. Got a big sword. Do you now? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, let's stay on top. So 
Calliope is just gonna- I'm making my fell self feel better, Calliope. Don't ruin my fun. Fine, keep making dick jokes. Um, I'm gonna walk into the illusion. Um, and kind of, yeah, like, feel- I keep one hand on the twine and the other hand kind of reaching out to trace the wall to see where it is and, like, how wide the corridor is. Fantastic. So as you as you make your way forward, um, a canto sandwich, if you will, um, <laughs> holding on to the nice. that, That's oh, the I name will. of our like polyamorous ship, by yes. the way. It's like canto mm-hmm. sandwich. <laughs> I'll be the roast chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and you folks are the everything bagel. Um, uh, so as you're making your way forward, um, Calliope is deftly um, using their hands to um, feel their way along the corridor and it does take some twists and turns. Um, you can also feel some like very nice stucco on the wall as well. Just like hmm, some nice, really nice architecture going on in here. Um, I wish I could rob this place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very fancy. Um, the night's still young. <laughs> we don't know which way this is going to go yet. And uh, after um, probably about 10, 15 minutes of kind of blindly trying to f- feel your way forward and trying to not get a headache from the constantly shifting images in front of your eyes, um, you um, your fingers kind of curl around a door frame. Uh, would you like to go in? Well, Kante's going to have found an urn in the 15 minutes that we've been walking and just thrown up into it because Kante is feeling very unwell. Oh, dear, yeah. Alcohol. Kante was, drunk at, yeah. Kante was drunk at the beginning of this, and this is not working out very well. Um, so while Kante's doing that, you guys do whatever you want. I, I guess I'm going to just kind of stop at the doorframe and, like, kind of whisper to the others to, to stop and then kind of uh, sort of... I think Calliope has a moment of being like they very specifically were not trying to be like a hero or someone who helped people in the war because they quite quickly realised that that was like a losing battle and now they're trying to be a nice person and they don't really want to be because everything in them is being like self-preservation would agree with Kante and would leave and so like they have a momentary like hating themselves and not wanting to do this and then they kind of say hello is anyone there? Can we help? Yes, and you can. Um, you, at this point, you can hear that the crying is a lot louder um, than it was previously, and um, it does sort of. It doesn't stop, but it gets quieter and sort of more snuffly, and um, a woman's voice uh, kind of very quietly calls out and says, "Who's there?" Fucking shitting gods and blood and ashes. I am going to go into the room. Uh, not here to hurt you. Um, a friend, hopefully. So, um, as you enter the room, you can see that it is a very, um, beautifully built courtyard with lovely columns, but it is also completely overgrown with pomegranate trees. Um, they're kind of twisting around each other and up through the walls and uh, in the center is a woman who um, has quite a curvy figure and she's wearing these very dark robes um, uh, sort of wine dark magenta robes and she's got these tumbling brunette curls and her face is just completely covered in tears 
Um, she's absolutely miserable. She's kind of hunched over and she's peering up at you apprehensively. And so I think at this point, we shall end the episode for now on this cliffhanger and Ah! come back next time to find out who is this mysterious figure and why are they crying? Why are they so sad? And can our heroes do something about the throngs of dead that are clustered outside this very spooky house? So... And the fire. And the fire. And the weird fire. So, um... And the eternal night. Yes, absolutely. There's many problems going on on this island. So um, thank you so much for listening to Realms of Peril and Glory. And uh, I would like to ask each of our wonderful players, um, where can people find you on the internet? So let's start with Ella. You can find me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at GEJWatts, where I post about all sorts of things, mostly my work and being gay. Speaking of my work, if you want to know more about it, then Doctor Who Redacted is a Doctor Who audio drama that is very gay and very trans, uh, that is now available worldwide on all podcatchers, which means that you can listen to it on the same app that you're using to listen to Realms of Peril and Glory right now. Uh, Check that out if you'd like to. If you want to check out more of my work, there's a free app called Zombies Run, which you can download. It's an interactive audio drama and fitness gaming app. I think it's pretty cool. I'm a voice director there. And finally, if you enjoy my approach to tabletop gaming, then you can check out the tabletop game I made called Upriver Downriver. Upriver Downriver is a game about rebuilding peace in the ruins of war, but it's also about being gay on a boat. Uh, It's a fun time, and if you want to order that book, either as a PDF or in a hard copy, then sign up to MacGuffin and Company's uh, newsletter, which is on their website, and you will be kind of alerted first when those books are available to pre-order and indeed just to buy, which should be pretty cool. It's going to be towards the end of this year, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Fantastic. And James? Uh, yes, you can find me uh, at Barbarosaphone on Twitter, though you probably shouldn't. And uh, just to support the Patreon is the best way to support the show. Um, you can get plenty of fantastic uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, including the uh, Agon Admin. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, if you feel like supporting us, I would say uh, check out the Patreon. I've stolen that from Maddie because that's my one thing. Totally fair. Um, And Headley, what would you like to plug? You can find me at Headley underscore K on Twitter. And the best way to find out what I'm up to is probably by following at WeFixSpaceJunk on Twitter, which is a sci-fi sitcom that I produce and direct and compose for. Wonderful. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maddie underscore abstract, where there are links to all the various things that I do, including my itch.io page, where you can find my hack of lasers and feelings called Vampire Cowboys, which uh, we have played on a stream of this very show. And as James uh, very uh, properly mentioned, you can support the show at patreon.com slash light and tragic. You can also follow Realms of Peril and Glory on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at RealmsPod and click on the link in the description for RPG merch and thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye bye goodbye contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, 
that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.